Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny California, and now I'm living here in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi. Hi, Jason. And it's a very hot Beijing for this season. Isn't it supposed to be fall? I know. But... Oh, yeah. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I want to actually talk to you about pets. Um, so this, the reason I want to talk about this is because pets. I read an article from CNN, and it's a uh, dog's eyes mm-hmm. well up with tears of joy when they're reunited with their owners. Before I actually talk about what's in the article, because it's a beautiful article, actually, it's very touching. I want to talk about, uh, you know, when they actually discovered in humans, it was mm. only about twenty years ago by sampling the tears of sad people mm. and then sampling their tears when they were full of joy. Mm. Chemically differentiating the tears, scientists were able to tell that the chemical composition of people's tears is different for tears of joy from mm. versus tears of sadness. They're actually not the same exact... I mean, it comes from the same tear duct mm-hmm. and they're similar, but the, but the chemical composition is somewhat different. And so now scientists have discovered that dogs' eyes well up with tears of joy Joy, when according to the title, reunited with their owners. But another case in which they tested it was when a female dog has her puppies. And that's actually what the research, the professor at the the Laboratory of Human-Animal Interaction and Reciprocity Hmm. at Azabu University in Japan. I hope I'm saying that right. That was what made her want to do this research. She noticed that her her girl dog, there's a special word for that we're not going to use on the show, was crying when she Hmm. had her puppies and it was Hmm. like oh is she so happy that she's crying is that what's going on and then they did research to determine that in fact dogs can cry tears of joy when they're reunited with their owners after not having seen them for long periods of time see you know when i see news pieces like that Hmm. i'm also uh stunned by the fact that there is scientific research about this (laughs) yeah because why shouldn't dogs cry of right, sadness right. or happiness mm. i mean it's they are sentient mm. beings they have feelings actually dogs are like little mm. kids i mean i don't have i've never had dogs in the house but i've seen videos of them right and my neighbors have them mm-hmm. i mean they are very conscious beings mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they might not be as intelligent like can do math and all that as humans, <laughs> but they feel they are bundles of feelings. I mean, look at their, look at how happy they are when they are reunited with their owners, masters or family members. And look at how tender they can be when they see their quote unquote mom and dad bring home a new baby, right? Mm-hmm. They know. I think, mm-hmm. wh- why does it take, I mean, I know there is scientific research in just about everything and they have their purposes but then Mm. uh, maybe i'm more shocked at the fact that people are shocked by the fact that other 
species feel. Well, firstly, you know, I'm with you, especially when I was much younger. Mm. I was like, well, why do we need to prove that, you know, cats and dogs love their owner? It's obvious, right. you know, by watching the behavior. But mm. a lot of people actually do deny that stuff. Uh. And so scientists have to actually go and research mm. and prove these things. You know, everything is contested these okay. days. So it actually becomes a point of, oh, but I, I do want to mention because you mm-hmm. made me think of something. Morris has a dog, mm. Morris Tway, friend of the show. He has a dog named Lady and what? Lady can do math. Not oh, Lady you know, can she do can't math? do trigonometry. She's not really big math. But if he holds up, if he holds up a finger, she can. She'll bark once. Uh-huh. If he holds up two fingers, she barks twice. Uh-huh. So that's the extent of her math. But she recognizes that there is a number two and how to get to wow. it. Wow. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned trigonometry. I haven't heard that word for like what two decades. <laughs> I mean, me too, actually. Uh, is it that like cosine, sine, cosine stuff? Do you remember vaguely? Oh, gosh. Don't, <laughs> Your head don't hurting. even. No, I have. I remember nothing except there is something called trigonometry. Yeah, I remember, but I actually enjoyed it. I think this was back in junior high, mm, but mm. I have no idea what the, what that, what it is for. But I enjoyed it while it lasted. And I'm not, you know, looking forward to doing I think that it's again. Geometry with curves. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. Someone's going to email the show and let us know <laughs> what it is we're missing out on. Your hosts are so ignorant. <laughs> yes. How no, dare just, they not know? Uh, it's just been a while. Mm. And also, I want to I want to add that mm. so much evidence that animals have strong feelings mm. and they, their feelings are probably stronger than ours. It's just that they don't talk, mm. right? They, they can't express them as well. Yeah. Um, and so that for the longest time, I guess, a lot of people feel like they don't feel anything. They're just, what? Well, what do you think they are? They have souls, right? They have spirits. They, mm. they have a mind of their own. Yeah. And I've seen on video cows crying. What? Wow. I didn't know that. Um, Cows, you don't know, they literally have tears coming out. I didn't even know they had tear tear ducts. Not just cows, but other animals when they're, you know, being hurt or when they know that they're going to the slaughterhouse. And I remember my grandma telling me that. Um, Because she, you know, lived and grew up in the countryside, farmed and kept animals like cows for field work. And of course, of course, like dogs um, to guard the house. And she once told me that, you know, she's seen Hmm. cows crying, literally tears streaming down their face when they knew that they were going to be killed. Wow. I mean, imagine they've labored for the family. And they live for a long time, for decades. You're making me feel so sad. Day after. Are you a vegetarian? That's why I, sadly, I am not, but I, um, Mm. for a period of time, I try to be, but my body, like, needs more protein, and I digest things so Mm. fast that if I just eat, like, tofu and stuff, they just, I I would have to have, like, six meals a day. But anyhow, that's, you know, another topic. I'm not a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian uh, for about three years when I was in my 20s, Mm. but I found it very challenging to maintain. I I would be hungry all the time, I I have to admit. But I I do feel bad, uh, but I don't want to feel hungry all the time, because the other things just go through my digestive system, like, you know, as if it doesn't require any work. But anyhow, the first nanny we had for our daughter, um, she grew up in, in the countryside. She farmed. Mm-hmm. and there are things she doesn't eat she'll eat a little bit of pork but not a lot but mm. no definitely no beef mm. and or lamb and she said she told me that if you've worked in the field with your they're not called cows what do, what, what are they called like bulls oxen Ox? oxes yeah 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 ox yeah ox. to pull the yeah yeah they actually help with the farm work yeah 
And she's like, they work so hard and they're so loyal and so uh, nice, these, uh, these animals. She's like, I don't have the heart to, to eat them. Not just her uh, ox, but like just in general, mm -hmm. which I totally, I totally understood. And for people who've seen animals going into the slaughterhouse, it leaves a strong impression. Mm. I mean, there are documentaries about it. Yeah. So I did, they definitely have feelings. I was raised from a young age mm -hmm. around my um, father's parents who had a small subsistence farm. Mm. Technically, my grandmother worked at a cannery. Oh. And my grandfather was a, a mechanical, he did mechanical work and welding. He was a smith, mm. like literally a, like a blacksmith. But mm. they also kept cows and chickens and things like that for consumption. Mm. I have seen the work that goes into uh, slaughtering those animals. So mm. from a young age, I understood that where my food was coming from. Mm -hmm. I, I want to actually say something interesting. I was a teacher for many years, as you know. Mm. And when mm. I was a teacher, we always eventually have a week where we talk about where does our food come from? Mm. And some of the children were confused when talking about chicken comes from chicken because they know that in English, chicken meat is called chicken and chickens are called chicken. But a lot of them are stunned looking when they realize that the chicken that they consume as food is the same as the chicken, the animal that they've learned about. Oh, they didn't make the connection. No, no, they didn't. Yeah. So we don't we don't overemphasize it because we don't want to shock them. But mm. there are little books, books that in, and in the stories, you the in indicates that that's what's going on and uh some of the children were like yeah yummy chicken and other kids are like what do you mean <laughs> what are, do you mean is that do, do we eat the chickens <laughs> moving on moving on yeah anyhow <laughs> but speaking speaking of chickens i don't keep pets but i remember as a child mm. that i've had uh, a few batches of uh, chicks mm. and I, I guess you can count them sort of as pets right mm. and they were so cute they were literally the cutest thing yeah um i knew when i was a child mm. you know when they're little they're just like fuzzy round balls of fur yeah and mostly like really yellow color they're beautiful and then they slowly grew more ugly <laughs> like day by day <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I had the same experience. My my grandmother gave every one of her grandchildren a chick at one point in their Just life. Just one? And when it got too big, yeah, each one of us got one oh. in, in all of her different families. And then when the chicken got large enough, she took it back. Oh. So it was kind of like a, a learning experience for us to each have was something grandma insisted on. But if you just had one, wasn't it hard to keep? Isn't it hard to keep just one chick? It would be so lonely. I have three brothers. So we all had a chicken at the same time. Oh, okay. But yours had like a name tag on it, says Jason. I kept mine in my room until my mom was like, it's going back to grandma's. Oh. It smells so bad. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. In your room? Like, it was inside the house. Yes, inside Did the house. Did you wear a diaper or something? No, it stayed in a big cardboard box. Ah, uh, okay. So I remember mine came in like a big cardboard box too. And we would get... Wow, like dozens, maybe one dozen at least. Wow. And so there will be a lot and they will constantly be making that ch -ch 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 noise. I, okay, it doesn't sound like it, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Actually, I think that was pretty accurate. Really? Anyhow, so yeah. there were like fuzzy balls with tiny little wings. They were so cute and they were all like shaking a little bit. They were always shaking a little bit. I'm not too sure if they just like, you know, scared or somewhat. But then, you know, as the weeks went on, 
there will be less and less of them. That's my memory of them. I don't know what happened to the ones who disappeared, but they just kept disappearing. Mm. I mean, now I'm 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 guessing that they just didn't last. Uh, so my memory of taking care of them is that they wow. they're not that easy to raise. Did you grow up in the city or in the countryside? In the city, yeah. So they mm. stayed in the apartment in a box, and they will last for a while. But I don't remember any one of them growing into like a full sized chicken. So I I can't. I think I had two or three batches, mm. but none of them lasted. It's a little sad. So that's like a pet experience I had. Well, I remember my brother ended up having the rooster. <gasps> and then uh, I remember <laughs> really? the rooster used to it. After we, they're all returned to grandma's house. She had all of the chickens and from all the different families and she had her own chickens and everything. Mm. The rooster used to attack me <gasps> as a young boy. I was like six, six or seven years old and it knew that I wasn't that big and I didn't know how to defend myself. So sometimes it would attack me. <laughs> and its talons are quite strong. Right. You know? That's right. But why? Because you were the youngest at that time? I think it was because it's like you're in my area. Like, get out of here. This is that. This is the where that uh, me and my chicks chickens hang out. You can't come over here, boy. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm thinking that you guys were pretty good at taking care of chickens because they were not that easy to take care of, as far as I could remember. I don't know what it was and the feeding or something. And then the other kind of pet that I mm. had. Now I really think about it. This is maybe prior to the chicks, and they were silkworms. Now silkworms for some reason. I think it was when I was in second grade or what third grade somewhere around there there was a fad going on is that how you say it like something fashionable yeah absolutely something popular okay Mm -hmm. so uh I don't know where it came from but everyone in my class or in school um started raising silkworms and maybe people were selling their eggs and they come in like on a sheet of paper. Mm. And usually like when it's folded, you can't tell uh, at a certain time of the year, maybe this spring. I don't remember. So like all the my classmates will have these sheets of paper, folded paper. And when you open it up, have little dots on it. These are like the uh, silkworm eggs. Larva, yeah. I mean, the oh, OK, <laughs> OK, let me just tell you, the whole sure. thing grossed me out. OK, I'm like. Uh, uh, trying hard not to (laughs) react to it too much while i'm retelling this but it was so popular that everyone had it Mm. and probably somebody just gave me like a little piece of that paper with uh, dozens of those eggs on it Mm -hmm. they're tiny um and then i brought them home i mean i didn't know how ugly they're gonna turn out quote unquote ugly some people consider them beautiful and then you know as the weeks went on uh, they f- they change into other things and like wiggly and soft. Have you seen silkworms? Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, okay. All right. All right. In my opinion, we thing. had a box in, in our classroom uh-huh. where, where the teacher was growing in like third or fourth grade. And I remember seeing them. I didn't really understand what I was looking at at the time. But <laughs> later when I was older, I understood. Okay. So anyhow, it was very popular and my mom was very interested. So we got, um, and they only eat those mulberry leaves. And there were mulberry trees near where we lived. So as uh, a fun activity, mm-hmm. like kids from the neighborhood, everybody had them at, at home for that one year or two for some reason. Mm. And we would go pick these mulberry leaves. And then like throughout the day, you can hear them munching on the leaves if you listen carefully. <laughs> they would just like munch, and munch, you didn't munch, think munch, that munch. was cute? Oh, no. It's, it's the way they look. See, I don't hate them, but it's a combination of being fat and wiggly and soft and to top that all off they had spots 
Like if you, I don't know if you remember. They, oh, <laughs> butterflies. That's why I don't spots. like butterflies. And these are. I don't like, butter. don't like they butterflies. They have like powdery wings and moths. I can't stand them. I don't hate wow. them. There's nothing bad about them. It's just they gross me out. Like completely. Wow. Like from wow. the core of my existence, they gross me out. You are the first person I've ever met in my life who is disgusted by butterflies. <laughs> it's like if they, if <laughs> I think that is because I know that they transformed from some from something like yeah, caterpillars, the, uh, like right, silkworms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's that part that I can't take. Like things with uh, wings or shells, like beetles. I'm totally fine with beetles. Mm -hmm. Or some people don't like spiders. I'm okay with spiders. Yeah, I'm freaked out. It's by just spiders. like when they're see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's when they have like no protective layer. They're just like soft and uh, and like spots on them. See, I feel I feel I feel like the rational one here, baby, because I don't think that um, silkworms or that they are not deadly. But spiders, some spiders are deadly. So my my fear is rational. Well, if you judge it that way, <laughs> for me, it's not like a matter of rational or, or irrational. Let's say as a kid, as a child, I was so terrified that I felt like I still remember myself feeling like if ever if I was ever surrounded mm -hmm. Uh, by like completely surrounded by silkworms or you know those green yeah. uh caterpillars like ugh. um because i i lived in a university and there was like a, a hill in a university mm -hmm. like a big one yeah and one time i went up on the hill and there were so many of them i was so terrified but luckily, I had a way of escape. But I was thinking how if I didn't have a way, like if they just surrounded me and I have to like step on them to get out of there, I think I would just like bite my tongue and just like die on the spot. Oh, wow. So I don't have to like have the memory of, um, you know, uh, escaping from that. But anyhow, so yes, I'm terrified by that. But let me finish Silkworm story. So this is the story of the pets that you've had. Yeah, the pets that I've had. Okay. Lovely memory about my pets. Um. So so yes, the silkworms, they grew fatter and fatter and making all the noises they make when they chew on leaves. And then they will go quiet, right? And then they start spinning their cocoons. Oh gosh, this whole thing, just like every face of it <laughs> freaks me out. And then they, they just kind of disappear into that cocoon. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I can't touch a cocoon. Like it's just terrifying to me. And then to make it worse. I wonder... It might be the same as a caterpillar. I think it's called uh, Poopa. Poopa? Okay, that name yeah, the, doesn't help. The cocoon of... Okay. <laughs> that name doesn't help. Okay. Or the okay. name Lava. Okay. I, mean, okay. I mean, listen to that. Ew. Anyhow, so yeah, they go quiet and they kind of like just disappear for a while and leaving those... Um, mm. Usually you get some sticks so they can uh, weave their cocoons mm -hmm. on those sticks. My mom was very curious all along, like throughout mm -hmm. the process. I kind of like, you know, hid on the side and just <laughs> peeked at them. <laughs> um, and then one day, like after, I don't know how long, maybe a few weeks, they were so quiet. They were quietly transforming themselves inside, mm -hmm. I suppose, while sleeping. But my mom, being very impatient, she kept wondering day after day, so what are they doing? What are they like? Are they dead? You know, maybe they're dead. I got to see what they're doing. So one day she decided oh, no. to cut one open. And <laughs> I know, I mean, I, I want to like cry right now because how can you make this even scarier? Yeah. 
or even more gross. Yeah, let's cut one open. And despite my protest, she still did. I didn't I mean dare to look inside, but somehow her curiosity was satisfied. Mm. And uh, I don't know what happened to that one. I don't think. And I don't remember moths flying around my apartment. But end of the story on my side. Wow. I don't want to go through that again. (gasps) No more pets like that for me. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Well, I do want to talk about pets today because, you know, pets are very popular in America and most families now, they don't just even have one pet. They have like multiple pets. Hmm. And as a teacher here in China, both in Wuhan and in Beijing, I know that most of the kids have pets. Hmm. Most of the kids have many pets. Lots of kids have turtles and dogs and cats and everything. In America, we've also, we love pets, especially people who have a yard. Hmm. They get big dogs. Here in Beijing, inside, I think the fourth or fifth ring road, you have to only have small dogs that can only be over a certain size or under a certain size, uh. I should say. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, it's also not fair to a big dog, like a golden retriever to live inside an apartment and only go outside twice a day to walk around right it's really you know you need a big yard for that so most people have little tiny dogs Mm. increasingly chinese families have a lot of pets too and kids have turtles and fish and all kinds of things like that so i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. about your pets and you've already told us about some of the animals in your life Uh So could you could you tell us because I grew up with dogs. I grew up with cats both at the same time, sometimes more than one dog, sometimes several cats. Sometimes we had cats and we rescued. Mm. Rescued means to take animals without homes. We would rescue dogs, rescue cats, nice. rescue turtles and fish. And wow. Even now we have we have a cat right now. And I want to talk later in the show about shipping her around because you know when we move cities it's an ordeal Mm -hmm. but i want you Mm. because you're the chinese person in our show to tell us a little bit more about what it was like not just for you and your family and your experiences but also your neighbors right or like the idea of what was it like having a pet 20 years ago versus versus today so what other pets did you have baby um we've had a rabbit before Mm. so my my daughter has been begging for a dog for years now I'm I'm speaking quietly because I don't want to remind her of it. Um, we've been putting it off. So her dad uh, has been telling her, okay, maybe until you're like eight or maybe until you're 10. And it's like slowly approaching that date. <laughs> so, um, because we're, we're so, um, you know, tired of just keeping everything going. Um, we know that raising, keeping a pet, especially a dog, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be very committed. It's like yeah. taking care of another kid. You wake up in the morning in an apartment, you have to bring it outside immediately. Right. They wake you up in the morning <laughs> and they mm-hmm. bring you outside, yeah. actually. <laughs> but we tried with a rabbit before. One of our neighbors has lots of rabbits. Mm-hmm. They just keep reproducing. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> she, uh, once they had another litter and there was this, like, a pure white one it was very cute mm-hmm. and of course all the kids want one so eh, we decided okay maybe you can try to get one you know i really tried i tried to bond with it i for me to keep like pets i, I need to be able to bond with them you know like make a connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not just mm-hmm. um a thing it's a you know mm-hmm. a sentient being as i mentioned mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I had a hard time connecting with that rabbit. <laughs> it didn't read the same magazines as me. No, it's, or the same <laughs> books. <laughs> it just uh, wasn't interested in reciprocating. Mm-hmm. You know, I will talk to it. I will feeding <laughs> it. And I feel like it will get to know me and my daughter for a while. But it, the only thing it was interested in was just munching on things. It yeah. kept eating and yeah. pooping and eating and peeing. Other than that, it's like, I was like, do you have a soul? Do you think? Do you know that I'm here? Um, I know that other rabbits can mm. probably recognize their masters or their owners. This one, I'm not too sure. Mm. Maybe we didn't keep her long enough. But he... She or he, we're not sure, um, was capable of squeezing out of the cage, of escaping from the cage, no matter how we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lock the door, but try to block it. And then it had them, it, it was able to find the kitchen all by itself. And it remembers the, the mm-hmm. route, no matter where she started from. So it does, it is intelligent in some way. Maybe just wasn't interested in getting to know us. But anyhow, so I kind of like, you know, gave up making that emotional connection after a while and just fed it. Um, A few months later, I honestly don't know what we did. Was it too much food? Too little food? I The people told me that I shouldn't give it water, so I didn't give it water. What? And I make sure you don't feed your rabbits water. What? That's what I was told. You don't give them water. Oh, no. I think we found the why that the, it didn't make it. Oh, you had a rabbit, too? Yeah, I had a rabbit, too. It drinks water from this inverted uh, thing, oh. like, you know, like a hamster, hamster drinks from. Right. Like, multiple people told me mm. not to give the rabbit water Ooh. because it will it gets water from the vegetables and carrots and everything else that we fed it. But we still don't know what happened. Mm. Maybe it was too much or too little. After her rabbit mm-hmm. magically disappeared one day, I think... We didn't quite tell Mm -hmm. her what happened, but she probably figured it out. And she's been, quote unquote, hating rabbits ever since. Wow. So, yeah. So we we were even more careful about making I have a sad rabbit story, too, but my sad rabbit story is somewhat different from yours. Okay. When when my wife and I finally began cohabitating, we got our kitten, May May our cat. Mm. And we also got a rabbit we named Tuza, which just means rabbit okay. in Chinese. Tuza. Oh. And uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It would just do like you said, just eat and drink and sit in the sun and do nothing. Right. And barely recognize it didn't it wasn't didn't seem like it noticed we were there at all. <laughs> right. We'd pick it up and it'd be like hi and then put it down and it would just like sit sure. in the sun. And my cat, my cat would use it as a target. It, you know, it was the kitten was running across the house swatting. So it wouldn't hurt it. What? But it was it was it was running across the house. It would swat the rabbit oh, like tag you're it and then run off somewhere else. Oh dear. I, I don't know. My wife decided at some point she was uh the rabbit was too stinky and that you know i don't want something this smelly around and so she gave it to someone with a mm. you know a hutong courtyard uh-huh nice. so they were like, oh it'll be able to hop around outside mm. she gave it to a third party friend of someone with a hutong so i i wasn't after it had gone away i was like i want my tuza back <laughs> and she was like no no i don't i can't even get a hold of the people who have it now and i was like oh. a little heartbroken mm. that i lost my pet for because for me my life we never gave up a pet right. my mom and dad and my we we you take an animal in it's now it's your you responsibility it. it's part of your family mm. and no matter what happens it's your responsibility to take care of that animal until it right. passes away. Mm. So I have a friend. I want. I want to tell a story, not my story. This is the story of a friend of mine. He's Irish. I don't want to say his name. Mm. He lives here in China, and he and his uh, 
Chinese wife, they had a cat. Some point hmm. many years ago, I guess 10 years ago-ish, they were living on the ninth oh. floor. Why are you telling me the floor So you can number? Yeah, uh -oh. exactly. So the cat uh -oh. fell uh -oh. and it broke its <gasps> collarbone and some part of its shoulder. What? It didn't die? And so die? they had to, it didn't die. From the yeah. ninth? Floor? That is correct. It didn't die from a ninth wow. floor fall. So they brought it to the vet and the vet at that time said, this is going to cost 30,000 RMB to fix oh. or we could euthanize the cat. Ouch. And, you know, they paid the 30,000 RMB, which was more than they had at the time. Wow. To mend their cat and bring it back. And I uh, salute my friend. Right. Because that is the right. That's the right thing to do for a member of your family. Right. <laughs> like, that's true. Wait, there are no yeah, so I feel very sad that I lost it, my rabbit. Are there like pet insurances? I'm sure there are pet insurances, right? <laughs> I, I, there probably are. You could probably insure anything. I don't think it's most people get pet insurance, I'm, I'm guessing. I've never actually... But if it, it would cost that much. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's a very spe specialty. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Maybe we should have some happier pet story. Well, I'm not sure happier, but I like in my neighborhood, there are so many dogs and so many cats like everywhere. Like there's this lady. Well, for house cats, we don't see them too often, but there are a lot of stray cats that people feed mm -hmm. like the neighbor's feet. And this one old lady, her house is like the gathering spot for stray cats within the neighborhood. <laughs> They're actually not that stray. They, for them, they just have a really big house. <laughs> like the whole neighborhood and she would feed them like um yummy things like chicken wow. or like uh beef and not not like especially brought for them mm. not just leftovers and of course like cat food and she would feed them water well, and no everything wonder her house is the hangout <laughs> i know it is for generations of cats and from this neighborhood um and then a lot of my neighbors have dogs different kinds of dogs and they walk them around day and night um they could do a better job picking mm. after their pets um like their dogs for example this one this one neighbor they have two uh we know each other because our kids are are about mm -hmm. the same age and they play together and the two dogs are of very different personalities one is like the bigger one from like colder climate it has really thick fur mm -hmm. and their nicknames that that breed of dog the nickname is arha mm. <laughs> which means like someone who's not very smart <laughs> and those types of dogs <laughs> they're known to be kind of um like uh what how do you say it like a few tools missing from the toolbox I gotcha, yeah <laughs> is that like similar expression oh yeah you can also say yeah like it's in, their elevator doesn't go all the way to the top <laughs> yeah like maybe just somewhere around the middle <laughs> like the yeah. dog i mean looks pretty kind but he just doesn't worry about much and even if like strangers going into their house he would he wouldn't even just bark or anything he would just like uh <laughs> kind of like watch you go inside but they have another one it's much smaller much smaller but so much more smarter it has big eyes and he the other smaller one is a, like the guardian of the house and the funny thing is the smaller one keeps scolding the big one Whenever the bigger dog mm. does something silly or is negligent, like doesn't care about anything around the house, the, the younger one will kind of um, give him a lecture. Like you can hear that the smaller one is lecturing the big one just from the way he's barking. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? Why didn't you do anything? <laughs> You're just sitting there not minding anybody. 
nice <laughs> business and why are you should but anyhow something like that mm. so you can totally see their the differences in their personality and what like what a character they both are or however you say that what a character yeah. he or the other he <laughs> however grammatically you said you it right it. the first time okay. <laughs> Actually, the first time you already got it yeah. okay good so um the, those two leave uh, left a pretty strong impression on me but that's why i know that they have personalities uh they have thoughts they have feelings um they might not be as intelligent speaking yeah. of that they are intelligent there's another article that i read also cnn dogs can recognize different languages and nonsense words so it's not just that they can recognize di that there are different words hmm. in even if you're speaking chinese or english or swahili or whatever but they can recognize that the words from one language belong together and that the words from another language belong together so they can actually recognize oh the different Pattern. differences in languages. Yeah. So how did they prove this? They put mm. little doggies into MRI machines. Now before, so oh, it says in this article, it's important to mention that all the dogs are free to leave the scanner at any point, uh -huh. adding that the owners were present and the dogs are comfortable and happy because a lot of people are worried that when scientists mess right, with animals, right. they, Animal they hurt cruelty. them, but this was not the case. So this was not the case. Yes. Yes. So what they, they found is quote, when it came to distinguishing between different languages, the researchers found that the brain lit up in an entirely different area for the second language called the secondary secondary auditory cortex. So huh. what that means is say you, you teach your dog English and then you live in mm -hmm. California. If you were to move to China or wherever, mm -hmm. anywhere, Spain, and then people were to begin to talk to your dog in another language, it would know mm -hmm. this is not the same communication mm -hmm. system that I was hearing before. So I think I think that's really fascinating that dogs are smart enough to differentiate between language in languages usage of tiktok mm. or douyin in mm. chinese has really deepened my understanding of animals because <laughs> there are a lot of videos about different animals now i just picture baby watching cat videos all day. maybe dog ones i think dog ones they're more interesting uh, and it's it's fascinating mm. it's mind expanding mm. to know what they can do mm. like this one very popular dog his name is Sticky Rice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are many of them, but this one is especially smart. He is literally a part of the the, the family, mm -hmm. like as a family member. Like after the family, they have a daughter, maybe like school age, five or six, six or seven. So like mm -hmm. after school, they make videos of this. The, the kids come home and the dog will watch the daughter write homework. Mm. And sometimes the daughter would turn the TV on and then the dog will go turn it off. And if the, the daughter keeps, you know, turning it on back on again, it will go unplug the TV just altogether. Mm. And if she still wouldn't listen, do you know what he does? No. The dog, Sticky Rice? <laughs> he will go into the bedroom and come back with a hanger in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like to discipline the kid or just to, to threaten her. Mm. And then, you know, when the parents get home, the dog would grab the daughter's homework and to give it to the parents to check the homework. And there are other times mm. when the kid is home, like watching TV when she's supposed to do homework. And then the dog hears footsteps of uh, like the dad coming home or something. Mm -hmm. And then he will like quickly go turn the TV off <laughs> and uh, grab homework and put it in front of the daughter 
like on the desk and, and kind of like nudge her to start doing your homework now. <laughs> and, and seconds later, the dad would be home. Hmm. And, you know, the, the scene at home would look so peaceful and harmonious. The kid is doing the homework. Why is the TV is unplugged? <laughs> no, why is the TV still hot? <laughs> yeah. Well, He's so smart. There's so many other incidents. And, and they can totally understand what you say. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen videos of... Uh, dogs and communicating with their owners they're absolutely like at least with their owner they they totally totally get it um conversational almost yeah i can see how incredibly smart dogs are is one of the reasons i would want one because i would want to have that experience mm. but i also am too lazy to deal with the incredible responsibility right. of having a dog, which is why I prefer cats because cats like they are smart and you can interact with them when you want. But if you are totally both of you being lazy, want to do your own thing, cat doesn't care. Mm. The cat's not going to be like, play with me, play with me, play with me, play with me, play with me. Play with me. <laughs> the cat's just going to be like, whatever, I'm going to lay on the floor over here in the mm. sun. Like, and it's totally cool for you to both be chill. So I feel like I'm a cat person because I don't want to have to wake up at six in the morning to bring my dog outside and then like mm. okay it's lunchtime i've got to bring my dog outside okay it's the evening time and, we've got to, and also got the to... emotional side of it right we were most mostly concerned that what if we take a trip let's say right mm -hmm. let's say we'll go visit the grandparents yeah um like two weeks for two weeks wow. now who's gonna take care of the dog and we feel like it's too much just to you know let the neighbors keep take care of him i don't know about for dogs because i've had one we put our cat in a cattery so a cattery is a place where they put your cat into a safe space inside a, a usually it's like a pet store or like kind of a clinic front and it has its own mm. space and there's a camera inside so anytime you want you can take mm. your phone out use an app and look at your animal oh. but m my cat right that's hated it so the one time we did that oh. we flew with our cat we put our cat in a, in a special place so that she could go in the belly of the plane and we got her out uh -huh. but we had to stay in a hotel in wuhan before we got found our apartment and it took about three days for us to settle in finally get a place mm. so for those three days we were in the hotel our cat was in this cattery we went to see her every day but every day you could see how much uh -huh. more angry she was than the day before Stress. at us and at her caretaker her Aww. caretaker she was she was hiding in the back of the, her area and just like growling at anyone came near her she stopped eating stopped drinking Aww. and apparently scratched one of her caretaker's face mm. so she was miserable Aww, no. so since then we've tried not to use this oh. service and to just keep her with us when we came back to beijing we bought a different service to send her because we didn't have the time to get her ready uh -huh. we sent her by car and it was uh -huh. a car full of like different animals that are in their respective cages and it took her it was supposed she was supposed to leave the night before and arrive the next morning but something went wrong along the way and she didn't end up coming for two days uh -huh. when we finally got her out she was super traumatized by that experience and she Aww, you could yeah. tell for at least two or three or four days that she was recovering from the trauma mm. and even this she was in she was mm. next to a big dog and when she got here oh. she was making this sound like this i'm going to try to get closer to the mic <laughs> and we think she actually oh, like the dog yes, we think she was started to make the same sound as the dog breathing <laughs> from being hey, I, in i've heard i've seen videos of similar things how um sometimes on a farm maybe uh, a sheep lost um the mom or the mom doesn't want to take care of it mm. and so like a dog mom the sheep the lamb would have a a, a dog for quote unquote 
his mom. Mm. And then <laughs> after a while, it, it would start jumping, <laughs> hopping, you know, like like dogs when they're happy. And I've um, I've heard of uh, I've seen videos of uh, roosters barking mm. or Im- trying to imitate <laughs> dogs barking. <laughs> It's like they're learning, <laughs> yeah, learning other languages. So wow. yeah, it's, it's um, they're they're smarter than we think. And also, I've seen um, dogs communicating using these buttons. I don't know if you know them. So th- these are like buttons that can make sounds. Like a keyboard. One would say like, like keyboard. Yeah, but they make sounds like one, two. And maybe it was this dog doing math problem or something. Like the owner was asking, "What is one plus one?" And they would punch a number. Um, and they would um have different uh commands mm. like close the door or yes or no things like that so the dogs were talking back wow. you know to the masters uh you close the door <laughs> yeah something like that i mean i i see a lot of them they're so smart they can totally like they're silent but they can they're totally communicatable but you know besides that i want to i want to share some articles i found about sure absolutely uh, pet, the pet industry in china sure because i think if people you know, who love pets and they're looking for business related business opportunities. Mm-hmm. I just want to share that China's pet industry um, has been exploding in the past mm. few years. Now, this is an article from, ah, from your, one of your favorite websites, Statistic, Statista.com. Yeah, very popular. Site. And this one are data, yeah, pet industry in China. Data analysis site. Related statistics. And this is published in April 29th of this year. And it says, as I said, China's pet industry, like that of many other Asian nations, Mm. has exploded in recent years, fueled by increased affluence and also a declining birth rate. So that's a a problem in in China, declining birth rate. And also, you know, and you've stayed in Korea before, Mm -hmm. right? They have the number one declining birth rate in the world. Yeah, they probably, uh, the rate is like 0.81 or something. Mm. So it says... The key drivers underlying the expanding pet industry in China are millennials and Gen Z, who were mostly born during the one-child policy, and younger Chinese are less willing to become parents, you know, (laughs) to humans, than previous generations, and they prefer to satisfy their emotional needs by keeping one or more Mm. fur babies at home. And China's pet industry has already exceeded 200 billion yuan annually which is about 31.5 billion us dollars and so if anyone is interested this could be something an area that you look into you know more more details Mm -hmm. the extraordinary rise of china's pet industry this is an article from Mm -hmm. the china project.com um this is from last year Mm -hmm. to july of 2021 it said um during last year's singles day which is november 11th Mm -hmm. Because it has four ones, so mm-hmm. people call it Singles Day. And it's a big shopping, like shopping day. The largest e-commerce event, um, cat food, of all things. During last year's uh, Singles Day, November 11th, China's and the world's largest e-commerce event, cat food, of all things that can be purchased mm-hmm. online, was the top-selling category on Tmall Global, wow. <laughs> uh, Alibaba's cross-border e-commerce marketplace. Mm. And cat food was again the top selling category on Tmall during June 18th online shopping event. So June 18th, that's like the middle of the year. So they made another big deal out of you know, online shopping. Um, second, so that's second only to a uh, single stay. And other pet-related goods and services are also performing well, according to figures from China's National Bureau of Statistics. The compound growth rate of China's pet industry 
was 49.1% from 2010 to 2016, and that's the fastest growth among all consumer goods categories during that period. Recently released data suggests mm. compound growth has since slowed, but has still managed an impressive 32.8% from 2015 to 2020. And in the past 10 years, China's pet economy, including food, toys, and supplies, in addition to the pets themselves, has grown by an astonishing 1,500%. Wow, okay, that's, it sounds like a lot. So, wow, um, and also, it is a lot. Yeah, but it's like more than 10 times, 15 times what it was something before. like that. Oh, 1,500. But wow. mostly in China, I think when it comes to pets in China, um, mainly these are dogs, right? Mostly dogs and cats and maybe some fish. Yeah, people like fish and then birds. But market offerings are expanding. Now, slightly more exotic pets, mm -hmm. such as like uh, geckos, hedgehogs, groundhogs, other smaller animals, they have, you know, entered the public market and people are paying more attention to them. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. In Wuhan, Chinchillas are taking off as a very popular choice for pets. What is that? It is a South American desert rodent. It is. I know that sounds bad. It, you'll see the description makes. Wait a minute. Some kind of rodent lives in the. No, it's hmm. so cute. Huh. It's like a <laughs> giant hamster that walks around on four or two legs and has like opposable like uh, I don't know what you would say thumbs. I don't know if they're the thumbs, uh. but it has, it has hands that can grip things. Uh -huh. So it'll if it, it'll sneak up into your like purse and steal your money. What? Like shiny things. It like it likes shiny things. So it'll find a coin oh, and then dear. it will put it in its cage, like under a blanket, and then hide it from you so you can't find it. Oh. Keys, things like that. It, it loves to carry around like candles and stuff. If it likes you, it's totally harmless, wonderful creature. If it if it doesn't trust you, it can uh -huh. potentially be dangerous. Okay. Like it'll scratch you or, or or bite you. But most of them are really, really tame, lovely animals. You can't pour water on them. Mm. So they have to, you have to periodically, like every day or two, put them into like a um a pan like a pan or a plastic tupperware container with sand very fine sand oh. and they roll around in it really fast like a and spin and that gets their their fur clean and they're mm. really cute they're just so adorable oh. Okay. But I actually wanted to talk to you specifically huh. about the benefits of owning a pet. There's an article called The Benefits of Owning a Pet and the Surprising Science Behind It hmm. uh, from February 21st, 2020. And it says 10 health benefits, higher survival rates, fewer heart attacks, less loneliness, better blood pressure, better psychological well-being, lower rates of depression and stress, fewer doctor visits, increased self-esteem, better sleep, and more physical activity are the recorded benefits of ownership and i want to add to that a little bit mm. uh mm -hmm. and, and an analysis last year of nearly four million people in the united states canada scandinavia new zealand australia and the united kingdom found that dog ownership was associated with a 24 percent reduction in dying oh. from any cause mm -hmm. if the person already suffered a heart attack or a stroke having a dog was even more beneficial and they were 31 percent less, le less likely to die from cardiovascular disease so baby mm -hmm. if you want to live a long life hmm. getting a dog may be the way forward maybe and your daughter we know that she would want one. i know but the thing is like she says she she will take care of it 
right? And she's like, you know, I've been learning about how to take care of them. But once the pet does get home, the child usually doesn't do much. And it always ends up to be the mom's responsibility. Right. After, yeah. after a so week or two, yeah, I, mom or dad, yeah, mom and dad. But I mean, it could be good for you, baby. The dog needs to go for a walk. Baby needs to go for a walk. The dog- I walk my daughter. Forces baby. Okay, sure. <laughs> Sure, but you know. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think they're very good for older people, like with empty nests. Because mm. people get lonely. And I mean, although they probably think they're okay with it, um, but it's better to have some interaction, you know, with another uh one another thing, I suppose. Another life form. So I think pets are uh, especially good for um retired people living by themselves because i think we need something to take care of mm -hmm. you know not only that we need to be taken care of once in a while but we actually like taking care of things mm. it's almost like a emotional emotional need though most people might not know it um and it feels good right to be able to connect with something else and uh, to feel the reciprocal emotional feedback so if you are looking for emotional feedback um, maybe rabbits are not the thing. I mean, from my experience, I actually wanted to. Sh I wanted to share. I have an article, a couple of articles. I'm not going to quote them, but I do want to share some information in terms of what similarities and dissimilarities there are between Chinese and Americans in terms of pet ownership. Okay. In both countries, the number one pet that both countries have dogs mm -hmm. and then it changes mm -hmm. in china number two is fish and number three is cats and in in america number two is cats and number three is fish mm. but like it's actually very similar and if you if you think about it my cliche in my mind is going into lots of chinese restaurants in america and there's always a fish tank oh so well, that's a different kind <laughs> of fish tank no 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 not um, that not the kind for eating actually they're always koi fish displays in american oh. chinese restaurants not always often right right often mm. my neighbors uh, a few of my neighbors have them and they have these crazy lights mm. for the fish tank so like at night everything else is dark and there will be like this eerie glow um from their fish tank oh, the fish <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know whether or not they harm the fish's eyes but mm. this reminds me did you know that fish can watch tv what maybe i mentioned this before no i have no yeah, so, wait really yeah, yeah yeah this is like from a video from last year then that in went what, viral in what respect in what respect it's not like they're like well, turn seinfeld on <laughs> <laughs> i don't like well, the show they, <laughs> <laughs> maybe friends so this one guy um he, one day he i think he was going back to his office and he was like making a video about it mm. and after he entered his uh office he noticed how all the fish probably like seven or eight of them mm -hmm. the golden like bigger golden ones yeah were all lined up neatly <laughs> like side by side in one corner of the fish tank now that is very unusual it's like there were like a magnet that pulled them all together and she was like well what's going on why are they all lined up and then you know he turned around he realized that they were all watching the tv right in front of them mm. And mm. he was, of course, you know, just as uh, shocked as I am just watching that. Mm. So he's like, okay, maybe I could turn it off. And after he turned it off, the fish like slowly scattered. So they were watching TV. I actually had a similar experience I'd like to briefly share before we're out of time. And sure, I wanted to see if my cat could recognize other cats on my phone or on TVs. And <laughs> when we, the first few years we had my cat, phones weren't like they are today and TVs weren't like they are today. And she didn't care no matter what we did. Mm. But one, one time... <laughs> 
it, we upgraded to a very nice, super high resolution television. Mm. And for most things, she doesn't care. But if we put on birds on that really, really high resolution TV, she would freeze, put her paws in front of the television and stare relentlessly at the birds flying around. So like, if it's a high enough resolution (laughs) TV, then she does notice. That is all the time we have. Please join us on the bridge next time where we connect East and West. Thank you so much for your time, baby. It was fun talking to you, Jason. And thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.